Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Trump was like, can I do summer hours? And it's like, no, you're the president. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? You're fired. <laughs> you don't get summer hours. You don't get like summer Fridays. <laughs> yeah, like get the fuck out of here. You're it's nine yeah, a.m. to nine a.m. every day. Like you never sleep. Don't you understand? Yeah. This is going to age you horribly. <laughs> My name is Benjamin. Benjamin Barton. How old are you? Seven. But I look a lot older. Literally, you know when you go to like the movies and then like you watch a movie and then you like leave and you see there's like a raisinette that's been yeah. on the floor for like three yeah. weeks? That's going to be him. It really changes you, I feel like. He's going to be like literally a raisin in the sun, but like not in a good way. <laughs> not in the way that wins awards. Like not in like a gorgeous way. <laughs> there's a raisin in the sun and it's Trump. Dude, we're going to get so much flack for this. Oh my freaking gush gush. Welcome to Two Dope Queens. It's me, Jay Willie. And it's me, P. Robbie. And this is a Two Dope Queens bonus episode, aka a boner episode. Uh, yeah, we got something, a little something to whet your appetite and your panties until we come back in full effect with season three. And this episode is just full of dudes. It really is a boner episode. Ugh, that was so hot. It was so steamy. I mean, we've got Kevin Avery and John Glazer. They're hilarious. They're men. You're gonna love them. This is like so man-friendly, which is unusual for us, I feel like. It's just more, it's not that we're anti-men. It's just like we try to just not have tons of white dudes on because like we get it. We've heard all, all of your stories. We heard all of them. Let's keep this show moving right yeah, along. He is a writer on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. And he has a fantastic podcast called Denzel Washington is the... Wow! You got some fans! You got some fans, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yes. Okay, don't blow up our yeah, spot. We got down. a job. Calm down. We came in early. We came here early. We had a call time. We, you know, it's our job. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> Denzel Washington's the greatest actor of all time, period, is the name of the podcast. It's, it's fantastic. Great. You guys have listened to it. Please give it up for Kevin, Kevin Avery! Avery! and Jessica right there. Keep it going for him. Oh, my God. How are you? Uh, it's nice to, uh, it's nice to be back in New York. I was gone for a little bit. I've, I've been back for, like, a few weeks. But, uh, I was away back in, uh, California. And, um, I, so it's, it's weird to be, it's always weird to come back to New York because, uh, I feel like I have a very love-hate relationship with, because here's the thing. Someone was, you know, okay, yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody 
I've only lived here like it was four. It's four years this summer that I've lived here, which is blown by. And uh, I was talking with somebody about like when are you really a New Yorker? And some people say ah eh, five years. Some people say eh, it's like ten years. But I figured it out. I feel like you become a New Yorker when you realize, oh shit, I gotta get out of this city. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's and that's happening to me now. Like, what the fuck? I have such a love-hate relationship with. Me. Here's the thing: I love that I live in New York, but I think I hate New York. You know what I mean? Because I haven't anybody else. I, I like being out and telling people, "Yeah, I live in New York," and then I come back here. I'm like, "Fuck, I'm in New York. What's going on? What are you?" But, but it's so it's, it's so it's great to be back. Is what I'm saying, everybody. Uh, I was I was out I was visiting the the family, and uh, that's uh, all of them too, fucking all of my family. I'm not gonna recommend that at all. When's the last time you saw all of your fucking family? Like I just I had this moment. I was at this this uh, it was a big like banquet hall. At one point, I'm in the hall. All these tables and chairs, all these people, and I'm standing at one side of it. You ever look around, look at your entire family, and you realize, oh, this is the problem. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, I get it. It's not just this. It's this. It's... Uh, I love my family, but they, uh, they, you know, if you can't tell just by listening to me as a black guy, I came, I grew up, you know, very, uh, I don't know how, very huxtableized household, if you will, you know, uh, take that as you want it. Uh, I don't, actually don't, don't. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. But uh, just to give you a sense of the people I grew up around, uh, my, uh, my, my dad recently announced to the family he's joining a French food and wine club. Go ahead, black man. You know, just fucking weird thing to announce at dinner. And, uh, and my mom, uh, a while ago, was knighted. Yeah. Yeah. Your confusion is appropriate. It's, it's weird, right? She's a, and it's real. It's a, I've seen, it's a real order. been around since the crusade. I've seen the fucking velvet cape and the weird scepter-like thing. Woman won't watch Game of Thrones to save her life, but when I come home, she's traipsing across that lawn like she's done some shit. And it's just, I don't know. And my friends love it. They're all very excited. Oh, my God, your mom's a knight. What does that make you? I don't, like, whiter, I guess. I don't know. It's the best I can guess. Uh... So, so, and I got this brother, he's, you know, whatever, Brian. I don't know, I said, that's his name, Brian, Brian Trevor. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a condescending asshole? That, just that, no, Brian Trevor. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my brother, but Brian, just, like, Brian's the kind of dude that would wear a suit to the beach, you know what I mean? And then be indignant if you called him on it, like, what, it's cream, what the fuck? Like that type of, like, all right, take off the coat, detective. They put us in this, uh, I, you know, they, like, we grew up in, like, this very white neighborhood, and they put us in these, these all-white private schools when we were very young. And uh, it was a good school, and we got in, you know, uh, very excited to get us in, you know, yay, we did it. But then, like, two or three years in, they realized, wait a minute, our kids are becoming the Frasier and Niles Crane of the black community. <laughs> Some shit has to be done. So they, they, le- <laughs> they left us in this school, but then they put us in this youth group. It's this all-black youth group. I see some black people here. Some of you know where I'm going with this. Uh, this organization called Jack and Jill. Okay, okay. White people, white people, white people. Look at these black people. Look at them, look at them, look at them, look at them, look at them. 
See how that divided the room with all these black people? When you're like, yeah, they're like, fuck them. Like that's, it was a very, because what is it? Like a lot of black people know who Jack and Jill is this sort of bougie black people organization. All right, calm the fuck down. I was, I was, I was fine. But uh, it, it, so basically the idea behind it, uh, for those who don't know, Jack and Jill's this organization where once a month, uh, groups of black kids in age, it was like, what, four to 18 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> you weren't in Jack and Jill, were you? Okay. Uh, but so, you know, yeah, they get, they, they get together to do various activities, right? Go to a, an amusement park, go white water rafting, go to a museum, whatever. Great idea in theory. Except when you're a black kid that hangs out with nothing but white kids day in and day out, and then one day out of the month, you go hang out with a bunch of black kids you've never met before, don't know shit about, aren't from, from the same neighborhood. That is some stressful shit. Yeah, you can't just hang out. You got to study like it's the bar exam. Because culturally, there were things that we weren't aware. You know, and my parents, they didn't give a fuck. They would just drop us off at some undisclosed location. Like, good luck. Go be black. What the fuck? No, wait. Uh, I, I don't have my equipment. You know, we weren't ready. You know, then we'd come back all angry, you know, hey, how was it? Well, God damn it, no one told me Will Smith and the Fresh Prince were the same damn person. <laughs> I didn't have the information. <sighs> Whatever. I know shit now. I know what's going on. I went from like an all-white like private school to an all-black college, and uh, which was a whole other weird culture shock because like I went to college in the South in the '90s, so yeah, there were things going on then and there at that time in that place that weren't happening anywhere else in the country, nay, the world. Uh, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> like trends and styles and fa- you know, like for instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, in the South in the '90s, and see, I was trying to blend in and acclimate, you know. And in the South in the 90s, it was in style at one point for young black men to walk around, I shit you not, in knee-high riding boots. I, I know. Yeah, I know now. I know now. But back then, I just thought, and I don't know why I thought it was cool. I guess because Han Solo wore a pair, but he had a Wookiee and a ship with him. I just looked like an asshole in a pair of essentially what are women's shoes walking around, and you can't, your gate's all fucked up. And, you know, I see a lot of you looking at me and judging me, but we've all done that thing where you put on the outfit that makes you feel self-conscious the minute you walk out of the door. Like, as soon as you step through the threshold, you realize, this is wrong. Like, I just, I, I had that moment, but I just kept walking. Like, douchebag. And, uh... That was, I wore them one day, and that was the day I learned, if you're going to be a man in a pair of black knee-high riding boots, you really need to have a message, and that message better be the British are coming, otherwise, <laughs> look like an ace. Oh. Found out later, the friend who loaned me those boots was gay. <laughs> you know, and he was coming out to me, too, and I, I wanted to be supportive of him, I was trying to help him out, you know, he was one of my best friends, you know, oh, I didn't know who to turn to, what to do, you know. But the whole time, I'm just looking at him going, fucking boots. Like, that was all I could think of. <laughs> later, my friends, I, you know, told the story to a bunch of friends later, and they were like, well, didn't you know he was gay? Couldn't you tell he was gay? Well, no. He was a black guy in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, right? You know exactly, in the R&B 90s. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, look, look, let me explain something to you people. If you were black and gay in the 90s, you had to be gay. <laughs> Because you were competing against straight dudes walking around in big baggy drop, those hammer pants flowing in the breeze and white silky shirts and, you know, patent leather shoes with giant belt buckles on them and hair that was all wavy and processed and gumby to the side. Like, 
If you were black and gay in the 90s, you couldn't just come out of the closet. You would have kicked that shit down like, nigga, I'm gay. You'd have mean that shit. You had to mean it. Because here comes boys to men, and they're in yellow jeans. Thank you very much. I got to go. I'm Kevin Avery. See you later. This message comes from Two Dope Queen sponsor, BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DopeQueens today to get 10% off your first month. This week on the New Yorker Radio Hour, a young writer attaches himself to a rising star in politics named Barack Obama. Interesting guy. Speaks in what sound like paragraphs. Very good posture, that guy. Enviable posture. <laughs> I am a writer, and I have this, this very slight hunch. He has none of that. A political coming-of-age story from staff writer Vincent Cunningham, plus actor and director Bradley Cooper, all on the New Yorker Radio Hour from WNYC Studios. Listen wherever you get your podcast. Because we have a special guest tonight. Surprise! He's so funny. Uh, I am. Uh, I've just been obsessed with this guy forever, and yeah. we did a show together in Boston like a year or two ago. And he was so lovely and wonderful. He's been on Parks and Rec, like uh, Train Rolls. <laughs> Please get up for John Glazer. That was really cool of you to fall asleep while we were asleep. Do you want to share a stool? Let me put my water down. <laughs> Get Thanks. a good stretch. Thanks for coming out, John. Yeah, thank you for making your way out here. No problem. <laughs> I love a show that I can uh, stretch out my hamstrings when I need a drink. <laughs> Well, we got that covered. This is a solid stretch I learned from my physical therapist, you know, that I'll demonstrate just well, to get a drink. Why do you go to a physical therapist? Yeah, what's the deal with that? Because I'm an old man, yeah. <laughs> I was having some lower back issues, no big deal. Do you, this is what I'm worried about. Do you feel like having kids, you got two beautiful kids, do you feel like that Thank ages you. you a little bit? Sure it does. <laughs> I mean, it's just, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a negative, it's just, you know, the natural just... The joy is unparalleled, but so is the stress. You know, every you know, you, you have a, you have a child, and it's like, oh God, all right, this is the greatest. And then like, oh, there's so much anxiety leading up to the birth of your child. Um, also, we adopted our daughter, so there's a lot of stress and anxiety leading up to that. But then it's not like all the stress and anxiety. I want the pregnancy to go well, just a healthy. I want the, my wife to be okay, the child to be okay, and it's not like the child is born and then okay, we did it. <laughs> then it's like, okay, we did it. And now this is my life. <laughs> then it, just, it doesn't ever go away. That's yeah. your life forever. And it's the greatest and the hardest and it's just the best. Thing. Yeah. And so That's you great. have yeah. you have a boy and a girl, one of each, boy and a girl, black, white. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where the, we play a game show, which is which? Who's black, who's right. white? 
the audience every, like describe, describe them to me. Yeah, every, yeah. Listen, we wake them up with the Michael Jackson song, Black and White. <laughs> uh, we just, you know, we're trying to be cool parents. Uh, we overcompensate like crazy, my <laughs> wife and I. Um, I will, can I, let me ask you this. I, you know, I used to have a massive afro. I had a you big did. head of hair. Yeah. I loved it. I'll show I you recall. the photo backstage. I don't know if I ever showed it to Have you. you ever, you've braided it down before. I cornrowed my hair because <gasps> my hair was huge and I love getting my hair worked down. It feels so oh, good. Oh my gosh, wow. The best. And I just <laughs> thought this will be fun because my hair is so big. Just for fun, just to see what it looks like and mostly just what it feels like. And it took like three hours and it was just like, oh, heaven. And I've really thought, I have to say, maybe not. It's like literally trash for me, but I love that you love it. Yeah. It's like a twilight. Like this feels like the twilight zone. Yeah. I like having my head worked on. It feels good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, it okay. does. But I think because we're black women, so we do this a lot. We're like, this isn't a vacation. Well, like, it's sandals for you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but like, for us, this is like a company trip to Cabo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, if it's sandals, then I want to be there every day. Uh, if I, I, listen, after a week, it really started to hurt. Um, <laughs> But then taking it out felt good. I feel like if I were doing it a lot, I would. I think I'd love it. Damn, cool. Okay. And may, listen, maybe I'm wrong, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. It felt very, very good. And what was the reaction? This is gross. It felt good in and out. Yeah. <laughs> what was the reaction from the world of you being a, a white man with cornrows walking around? Uh, I mean, I wasn't necessarily walking around like, check it out. <laughs> if anything, I was very self-conscious about it. And I was wearing a hat and like showing it to friends. And then I, uh. I, felt, I felt weird. Like I didn't want to be like, a, hey, yeah, what's up? Yeah. Because uh, it was really more for just kind of the enjoyment of having my hair work done. Because yeah. I like how it's like a good Love scalp it. rub. Where did you go? Did you go like a black salon and they did it? Or you just have... I, didn't, I had it done, I asked if, I was working at Conan at the time, and I asked the hair guy there if he knew someone that could do that, and a woman at SNL who could do it just came to my apartment and did it. Mm, Barbara Roman. It. There was like a network. Uh, uh, She's uh, awesome. Uh, 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 a woman named Barbara did your cornrows. <laughs> a black woman named Barbara did my cornrows, yes. I love that. That's so awesome, yeah, dude. that's great. New America, I love it. Um <laughs> so great. This is such an interesting climate. We're right? In. <laughs> so you have a new show out. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm just taking this off because this is a super warm it is flat. Right here. It's, it's, it's like, warm up here. Yeah. yeah. What if I just had no shirt underneath? <laughs> I'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah. Dad bought him into that. Yeah. You know? pretty good. Yeah. Hitting my demo. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're in shape, John. What's just that? Saying. Yeah. You're, you're, like you're, a, good you're like a good looking dad. Yeah. Appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I just started a Tumblr. It's called CuteDads.Hunks. Uh, it's a lot of just local dads, and we just love going to the gym and staying fit. <laughs> what an interesting Tumblr. Can you hook me up with some of these local dads, Tom? <laughs> I mean, if you're looking to break up a marriage and have an affair, yeah. I mean, no. These are all like, we're solidly married dudes, man. Uh, I want like a divorcee who's like, be, who's past it. They're not sad anymore, and they're ready to date. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, you deserve that. That's what I deserve, yeah. <laughs> that could either be like, that could be a, a terrible thing you wish upon someone. Yeah, you deserve that. Some yeah, super good for sad, you. divorced dad. 
Okay, so you got a new show out called John Glazer Loves Gear. Mm-hmm. So what gear are we talking about? Like, what can we see on the show? There's a wide uh, range of topics. The first one was camping. Second one oh, was cycling. Yeah, camping. camping is trash, okay. John. Yeah, it's trash. Honestly, why would okay. you do that if you could just be, like, inside? You right. know what I mean? Okay. And you just have, like, your cell phone charger just there. You could, like... Listen, today's camping, you know, we featured... A, there was a thing. There was, like, this stove that has a USB port that you can keep your phone charged. You could also just use, like, the stove in your apartment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you were a big camper, I presume? When I was a kid, I was. Did a lot of uh, summer camps and overnight camps and big trips out east and out west, backpacking in the Tetons and the Rockies. And as an adult, I have really not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. One time I went camping with my ex. It was terrible. I hated it. Uh, you went camping. Now, was he your ex when you went camping? No, we were. Together. You were together yeah. at the time. Yeah, that would did. make it terrible. That would be really bad. Uh, and it was like it was just like raining. It was like outdoor, and I just like I hated that we're outdoors and we're like sleeping on the ground. I was like, this sucks. Where's my mattress? And then so we get back and to New York, and I'm back in my apartment. I'm like washing my hair. I had an afro at the time, and a tick flew out of my fro. Onto my shower wall and like never the fuck again. It's I'm like unsettling. so happy that it revealed itself. Yeah, <laughs> like it could have just like stayed or gone down your back, but it was like, no, I was here. You yeah. should know. <laughs> you should know. Yeah, it was scary. Oh, okay, so we we gotta get out of here. But no can problem. you give us? You're, you're a comedy wizard. We're two comedy queens. Mm. Is there any advice you can give to us about how we can? be even more badass in our comedy That's careers. a great question. Yeah, right? Yeah. I think my pitch or my answer would be, I mean, let's just, let's just do it while I I'll do one final stretch. <laughs> I mean, I think just, you know, stay true. Just stay true to your sensibility. I'm going to hold for ten. <laughs> Give it up for John Glazer! <laughs> John Glazer and Kevin Avery recorded live at the Bell House. Two Dope Queens is produced by Joanna Solitaroff, Jen Poyant, Paula Schumann, and Rachel Neal. Our team includes Joe Plord, Ed Haber, George Wellington, Jeremy Bloom, Matt Boynton, and Shanoa Estrada. Our theme music was composed by Phoebe's future baby daddy, Jeff Brodsky. Mm-hmm. I never heard of Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, dude. I love it. Uh, and Dadur, just subscribe to our show already. And you know what? Here's a little chow chow. That's a challenge. <laughs> no one would ever get that chow chow. Chow chow is like <laughs> a stretch, but I like love that you were vulnerable in doing it. <laughs> if you've already subscribed, get a friend to subscribe. This is like a Ponzi scheme, but no one's going to end up in jail. Okay? Like, we're not made off. No. This is not going to be a TV movie on HBO that's going to win eight Emmys. Okay? It was good. It was good. (laughs) Anyway, can you do that for us? We really appreciate it. Truly, subscribers make a difference. And get on that gram. Follow us at at 2 Queens for a behind-the-scenes look at our queendom. Y to the Q to the Y. Joanna, why would you write that on our copy? (laughs) So disrespectful. 
I tried to watch that Madoff movie, mm-hmm. and I like couldn't follow anything mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I just kept getting lost. It was like too big to fail. Like I get the broad strokes, but the little strokes I don't get. Little t- you, anyway, you get them little strokes. <laughs> yeah, I do, baby. 